In this edition of Global Print, dear viewer, I'm going to talk to you about Pakistan. Now, if some of you are already rolling your eyes and saying, listen, half of India or at least half of North India thinks uh, they're experts on Pakistan. And if you're wondering whether I'm implying that I'm one of those experts, then uh, I think let's let's hold on. Let's hold our horses. Let's wait for a bit. Wait till the end of this video. And then I look forward to your comments in the comment section. And also don't forget to read my column on the Prince website. So this week, this week's offering to you on Global Print is on Pakistan. But before I tell you what's going on and what's the latest, uh, like I said, I urge you to read that column. And I also urge you to become a member. Uh, just pay, it's very little money, be, uh, become a subscriber to the Print, pay rupees 159 only, tell your friends, families, you will get benefits. Uh, subscribers get benefits that other people don't. So do become a member, check out all the privileges that you get, and, I'm, and I assure you, you won't be disappointed. So back to my column, Global Print on the Prince website this week on Pakistan. And, and I start with this question, is, is peace in danger of breaking out in the subcontinent? And the reason I say that is the following, which is that India has invited Pakistan's foreign minister, Bilawal Bhutto Sardari, he's, uh, he's, as you know, uh, very young, very articulate, says things that don't necessarily please India. For example, at the UN General Assembly last year, he talked about Kashmir and he talked about the, uh, the human rights violations that the Modi government continues uh, to make in Kashmir. But that's another story. The this big story so far is that uh, India has invited Pakistan for the foreign ministers meeting under the aegis of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization um, uh, summit or conference. Now, this year, India is leading the SCO, which is the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. And uh, as it is leading the G20 and the SCO, uh, under that rubric, you know, several conferences are going to take place. And all the members of this grouping are to be invited and one of these conferences is going to be um, about the is, is going to be by the foreign ministers of all the member countries one of them is Pakistan and it is uh, because of that that Mr. Bhutto is being uh, invited and now there is we don't know whether he's come or he's going to come or not because the Pakistanis haven't responded so far but if he does come then I think it will be the first time since Prime Minister Modi took power, uh, which is in the May of 2014. So um, nine long years that a Pakistani leader will be setting foot on Indian soil. Now, the way the Pakistanis are playing it is that that Bhutto, Bilawal Bhutto must go because this is not a bilateral meeting between India and Pakistan, and it's a multilateral meeting, an SEO meeting. Moreover, the SEO is led, or at least was founded by the Chinese, China being a good friend of Pakistan, and therefore uh, Pakistan mustn't disappoint the Chinese in any way. They've been fast friends, friends forever, a friendship that is higher than the mountains, lower than the sea, sweeter than honey. You know that phrase. I love that phrase because it really encapsulates this friendship, uh, Pakistan and China. So Bilawal Bhutto, no, no response yet from the Pakistanis, but it seems that there could be a breakthrough in the offing. Now, as always, things between India and Pakistan are not so simple. And of course, you know, uh, dear viewer, because you're fully aware and fully read up 
uh, and fully clued in into the uh, global affairs scenario. Just over a week ago, the Prime Minister of Pakistan, uh, Shahbaz Sharif, he's the younger brother of the former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif, Nawaz Sharif being the very dynamic um, leader of Pakistan, made has made many, many overtures towards India, the most important being the um, 1999 bus yatra that then uh, Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee took a short bus bus yatra bus ride from Amritsar to Lahore, um, but it basically completely changed not just the mood of the relationship but a promise of the future. Now that bus ride, as we know, was also followed by the Kargil conflict. Again, that's another story. To come back to the present, just over a week ago, Shabazz Sharif made this incredible um, overture, if you like, to the Indian government through an interview with the Al Arabiya uh, TV channel. Now, Al Arabiya is owned by the Saudi government. It's a, it's an arm of the Saudi government. It's public diplomacy arm, and uh, in which Mr. Rishabai Sharif said that Pakistan had learned its lesson after fighting three wars with India. Uh, of course, Pakistan lost all those wars, but. And I think he pointed to an incredibly important thing, which is that you can continue to make war, whether it's a, a physical, full-scale full war that India has fought with, that Pakistan and India have fought uh, three wars in these last 75 years, a more restricted uh, conflict in terms of geography and theater, like the Kargil conflict, uh, again, between India and Pakistan in 1999, or a proxy war or what we call a proxy war, which is the infiltration of terrorists um, across the line of control from Pakistan into India. And also remember the 2008 Mumbai attacks in which the Pakistani establishment um, sent terrorists like Ajmal Kassab and his, um, uh, his colleagues and sent them on a boat, on a dinghy across the Arabian Sea they landed uh, on the shores of Mumbai, committed this, these heinous attacks in which um, um, over 160, 170 people were killed, including some foreigners. Now, Pakistan has never, ever officially accepted. Uh, obviously, they're not going to do that. But that inquiry, that investigation has still not been concluded inside Pakistan. But Shabai Sharif, and I would say he was committing, if you like, Mia culpa, a Latin phrase which means that I am sorry and I am asking your forgiveness because I know that I have committed a grave error. Now, that's a big deal. Um, although Shabazz Sharif's comments were very quickly followed by the prime minister's office's uh, uh, statement, which said that, no, no, listen, we, there's going to be no peace with India, no talks with India until the Kashmir solution, a Kashmir situation is resolved. Uh, listen, by the way, dear viewer, the Kashmir situation can be very easily resolved. And I'm sure that there is a blueprint for resolving that as well, including elections in Kashmir, uh, which could be happening very soon. So these uh, very, very interesting comments from Shahbaz Sharif um, offering talks with Pakistan, saying that all these wars that India and Pakistan have fought have been to no avail because look at our population, 75 years uh, down the line since independence, 
the people of India and Pakistan, a large majority, a vast majority, still remain deeply mired in poverty. Now, the most cynical uh, people will say that, listen, Pakistan is doing this because its own economic situation is in terrible shape. Uh, they, they've had these severe power outages, the whole country, the grid has fallen off the map. In fact, the country is in danger of falling off the map. The rupee, uh, the Pakistani rupee, that is, um, is, 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 it's very, very weak, slipping very badly, desperately needs uh, an infusion of funds for the country to stay afloat. And that's what some of the uh, Arab world is doing. The Saudi, the Saudis have uh, loaned Pakistan $11 billion and they rolled over that debt for the time being. The UAE has loaned uh, money to Pakistan. The Chinese, of course, are a big patron. And now the Pakistanis are going back to the IMF for an infusion of funds. Um, so the cynics are saying here in India that, listen, Pakistan is in very is in a very bad place. And that's why Shabazz Sharif is making these comments and basically saying, let's talk peace. Let's not talk war. Remember, though, that the Ministry of External Affairs took a very cautious, cautious position. Um, it said the usual things, which is that Pakistan must stop terrorism, must stop all kinds of infiltration, um, and that it must resume it's resume becoming a normal nation. And I think that's all that Indians and Pakistanis as well, a vast majority want, which is the return of a normal relationship. I think all this Jappi Papi embracing and hugging and, you know, burning candles at Wagga border. I mean, listen, if you want to burn candles, you're most welcome to. But basically, I think a vast majority of Indians and Pakistanis just want a normal relationship with each other. Moreover, Pakistan is on India's western border. It's not somewhere deep in the Antarctica, which, you know, which would make less of a difference to uh, India. Having said that, the Modi government has taken, as we all know, a very, very tough position on Pakistan since 2015. And um, which, is, which is when you remember Prime Minister Modi from Kabul flew to Lahore uh, to attend Nawaz Sharif's granddaughter's wedding. And at the time, there was, again, a lot of promise in the air. Um, this was no small uh, meeting. It was a very significant uh, overture that India was making towards Pakistan at the time. Because not just Prime Minister Modi, but his national security advisor, Ajit Doval, the other SPG guys, just the creme de la creme of the Indian uh, security and uh, establishment, including several very senior people in the Prime Minister's office, handed themselves over to Pakistan security and they flew in a Pakistani chopper from Chaklala, which is in Rawalpindi, to Raiwin, which is a suburb of Lahore, which is where Nawaz Sharif's house is and where the wedding was taking place. Very short uh, chopper ride, you know, 15 or 20 minutes or so. But the fact remains that the Indian establishment, the Indian prime minister and his men handed themselves over in the trust of the Pakistani security and military establishment. That was such a big deal. And guess what happened? One Only one week later, there were terror attacks that were mounted uh, in Pathankot on the 1st of January 2017. Now, that betrayal of trust went down very badly in the Modi government. Subsequently, three years later or two years later, in uh, February of 2019, the Pulwama attacks take place um, 
And as a consequence of that, the Indian government, uh, Prime Minister Modi orders the missile attacks on Balakot deep inside Pakistan, which removed the Jaish e Mohammed camps. I'm talking about history, but the reason I'm giving you a flavor of this history is that the India Pakistan relationship is one of deep mistrust, a very sordid relationship. Um, we will talk about Kashmir and how the Pakistanis have gone on and on and on. Imran Khan, the former Pakistani prime minister in particular. But here is something else that I want to draw your attention to and you will read in my column, Global Print, which is that, and that is what has changed. And that's why Shabazz Sharif's comments and the Indian government's response, which is to invite Bilawal Bhutto Zardari to the SCO meeting is so significant. And the, the difference is, the difference between then when uh, PM Modi went to Lahore in 2015 and Vajpayee went to Lahore in 1990, the difference between 1999, 2015 and 2023 is the following. It seems as if the Pakistani military establishment, which holds the power, which holds the reins of Pakistan's foreign policies, especially with the most important relationships like India, US, Afghanistan, Russia, you know, key, key um, relationships, especially India. It seems as if the Pakistani military establishment may have had a change of heart. Now, I say this for two reasons. The first is that Hamid Mir, one of Pakistan's best known journalists, has written a story, a written a piece which was published in uh, the India Today, as well as in the uh, Pakistan newspaper called Jung, in which he talks about an off-the-record briefing that the former Pakistan Army Chief General Kamar Javed Bajwa uh, did with, with several people, several foreign policy analysts, including Hamid Bir and some others. Now, this briefing takes place two or three months ago, and in which he says, in which General Bajwa says, uh, points out to the fact that the Pakistani domestic situation is not in very good shape and that there needs to be this outreach towards India, much more better off than Pakistan itself, of course, much larger population and all of that. Now, General Bajwa also points out to the fact, and this is something that has escaped a lot of people on both sides, which is that after the revocation of Article 370 uh, on the 5th of August 2019, after that, a couple of months after that, in November of that year, 2019, the Kartarpur Sahib corridor inauguration or the Kartarpur Sahib Gurdwara is thrown open to Indians. This is when the Indian government sends its representatives, um, then Urban Development Minister Hardeep Singh Puri, a, a Sikh, um, and other people went from India to participate in that inauguration in a sense when the uh, when the when the gurdwara was spruced up renovated and opened in theory to travel by sikh pilgrims from india now the formal inauguration takes place later but this first the, this first opening up if you like uh, happens in november of 2019 only weeks after the revocation of article 317 jammu and kashmir which the Pakistanis have since used as an obstacle to improving relations with India because the Pakistanis have since said, and Imran Khan has led in this, in this condition-making, if you like, to dialogue with India, which is that unless India goes back to a pre-August 2019 status quo, there can be no dialogue with India. 
But General Kamar Javed Bajwa, the former Pakistan Army chief, says that, listen, there was that Kar- Kartarpur inauguration uh, to which one year later, Amrinder Singh, then chief minister of Punjab, a Sikh himself, and in fact, one of Amrinder Singh's ancestors is the one that built the Kartarpur Sahib Gurdwara. A Gurdwara, a place that is of deep uh, significance to the Sikh community because it was here that Guru Nanak in the 16th century, back in the 16th century, lived for 18 or 19 years. And uh, so, so if you go to if you go to Punjab, you're on this side of Punjab, meaning on the Indian side of Punjab, you can actually hear the Gurbani from the Kartarpur Sahib Gurdwara, which is only as the crow flies three or four kilometers away, less than four kilometers. So you had you had General Bajwa telling Hamid Mir and other Pakistanis that this is what happened. So it's not as if India and Pakistan cannot find some sort of resolution to their very, very uh, prickly relationship. So the question I ask again, is peace in danger of breaking out in the uh, subcontinent between India and Pakistan? Uh, As always, the answer is complicated. Uh, It's yes and it's no. Because if this peace overture is not followed up, of course, it's not going to come to very much. But if Prime Minister Modi in the driver's seat um, grits his teeth and says that, yes, Pakistan must must stop infiltration, Pakistan must come to this uh, peace talks table with, with, with good intention, not just with good intention, but it must put its money where its mouth is. And if the Pakistani military establishment, which holds the power, which holds the keys, which if it says, and if it says, and that's a big if, that yes, we will stop the infiltration, stop the terrorism, and we are interested in in making peace and making a dialogue together, then I think the jury is out and something can actually happen. Remember also, dear viewer, that uh, India is leading the G20 this year. It also makes India look good and refurbishes Prime Minister Modi's image if it reaches out to its most hostile uh, neighbor, Pakistan. So I do look forward to to you reading my column again, Global Print on the Print's website, and your comments to this video. Thank you so much for watching.